This is a podcast by The Straits Times. This is Prime Time on Money FM 89.3 and welcome to our regular sports show Game of Two Halves every Monday live on Money FM 89.3 where I host the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Rachel Kelly and I'm joined today by Straits Times sports correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz and we have a very special guest joining us as well Chatri Sidjetong and he's the chief executive officer of Mixed Martial Arts Organization One Championship Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, this week is a big week for One Championship and sports in Singapore as a whole. One's Into the Matrix event on Friday, the 30th of October, will be the first live sports event in the Republic to feature spectators since the circuit breaker measures were introduced in April to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Into the Matrix comes on the back of the successful Reign of Dynasties closed-door event that took place on October 9th. Now, both these events are pilot projects one's embarked on with the Singapore Tourism Board to pave the way for future sports events in the Republic. So, Chatri, perhaps we can start and you can tell us, you know, whose idea was it to use one's event as a pilot? We uh, did it in conjunction, uh, in partnership with the Singapore government from multiple agencies. So we've been in discussions over the last uh, uh, several months and, and it culminated in uh, our October 9th event. Um, and uh, I'm full of gratitude and appreciation um, to the various agencies, to the Singapore government um, for entrusting me and my team um, to lead the way for international world-class events, uh, whether it's music, entertainment or sports mm-hmm. for Singapore, but not just Singapore, for all of Asia. Um, so, you know, we're showing the power of the little red dot by leading the entire continent uh, with the return of world-class international events. And, uh, you know, October 9th was, uh, uh, went flawlessly without a hitch. We had to create new um, processes and systems and uh, to protect against COVID-19, but also at the same time, you know, all, you know we were, the most important thing was safety of our athletes, safety of our staff, safety, safety of the general public in Singapore. So creating a bubble um, from, you know, departure city all the mm. way to arrival and then the hotels. We had security on every floor. Um, athletes were not allowed to leave their rooms, even if they tested negative. Um, liaison officers would escort the athletes to training um, ahead of the events. Um, and then, of course, at the event, we're only allowed, you know, uh, small zones of 30 people um, at a time. And, and so it was very, very difficult in terms of execution. Um, but we definitely could not have done it uh, without the full support of the Singapore government. And so, again, I'm full of gratitude and appreciation to the Singapore government um, for all the support they've given to One Championship and also for, for allowing, you know, One Championship to be the blueprint for other international world-class events in Singapore uh, to follow us. So that said, was it always the plan with the authorities to have the first event back with no fans and if successful, the next one with a limited number? Or was this really worked in on the back of the success of Reign of, Din- of Dynasties? Yeah, no, definitely. It, w- it was, uh, I can't stress enough to you guys how everything, because we are the pioneers and we are um, in many ways the blueprint for what's going to happen going forward, there's so, much, so many lessons and learnings every step of the way and decisions are literally made every week in real time and uh after the successful october 9th event 
um, we were approached by the Ministry of Health um, to see if we could have 250 um, members of the public come in because mm. they wanted to test a, a super rapid uh, uh, PCR test that I think had a 15 minute turnaround or something like that. Okay. Um, and they wanted to test it. Um, and so they'd asked us, you know, uh, and, and again, we, we graciously accepted uh, the opportunity, the challenge and um, knock on wood that everything goes well. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, obviously the, the, the 250 tickets sold out uh, in the same day um, to some, uh, to the lucky fans, the lucky super fans. And um, it's going to be a spectacular show. Yeah, Chachi, I was, I was going to ask you about that. You know, all, all 250 tickets have been, uh, snapped up. Yeah. How, how quickly uh, were they all gone? And, and you know, do you think it says something about the appetite for, of, of live sports events uh, in Singapore and, and like you said, maybe in Asia? Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, we expected uh, the tickets to be snapped up, but it was snapped up in a matter of hours. Um, we expected that uh, because of the limited number. And of course, you know, one champion hasn't thrown an event uh, since February uh, earlier this year in Singapore. And, uh, and we have a lot of uh, amazing Singaporean fans here. So, um, you know, I hope it's, it's, it's a sign of things to come because um, knock on wood, things are going well right now with all the testing uh, for October 30th. Um, and that October 30th goes off without a hitch, then it, it means not only just for one championship, um, we can open up uh, for more audience, hopefully, but also that, again, it serves as a blueprint um, for other international world-class events, mm -hmm. um, whether it's in Singapore or whether it's um, international events coming to Singapore. Um, and, and that's a very important milestone um, for the country because, uh, as we all know, the, the country is very reliant on foreign trade, on foreign finance, foreign business, for tourist tourism. So uh, this is just a, a huge milestone for us. And you've mentioned before how one group president, Tae Hua Fung, has been crucial in discussions with the local government authorities. Can you share with us how far back you started planning for a return and what's the process and communication been like? Yeah, Hua Fung, Tae, uh, our group president, uh, obviously born and raised in Singapore, mm -hmm. um, he was actually one of the, the key members at the time in government who led the charge with Minister Isaron for F1. So he has very, very deep knowledge of sports, very deep knowledge, obviously, of how Singapore government operates. And of course, he has many uh, uh, friends in the government to, to help create a, a very um, uh, strong partnership uh, in, in bringing live sports back uh, to Singapore. Um, and so he's you know, instrumental. I mean, he began the discussion, I wanna say maybe April. So when we were in lockdown, um, they just, you know, we, we, we had to figure out a way. And so we we're talking to multiple governments. And even to this day, we're still talking to multiple governments. Some are late stage, some are mid stage um, to mark the return of one championship international events in other countries. But of course, one thing I have to say is, is the Singapore government is truly, um, you know, I would argue the most competent government in the world. Uh, just look at how we've handled COVID cases here. Just look at um, how it's leading all of Asia. Um, in bringing back international world-class events and, and just working with everyone, again, from, from the STB to EDB to IMDA um, to, uh, you know, Ministry of Health, uh, you know, across the board, many, many agencies. The competence, I can tell you, is world-class. 
And, and that's the only reason why one champion has, has been able to return um, with such a large scale event. Um, October 30th is literally our biggest event of the year. So actually, you mentioned, you know, obviously how, how your events are, are um, almost providing a blueprint about how um, live uh, sports, music, entertainment events are going to return. Do you feel any stress, any pressure, uh, you know, because all eyes are now going to be on one, you know, uh, or, or are you embracing that, that sort of uh, scrutiny? Yeah, no, you, you know what I, I told my team? I said, this is the greatest crisis in 100 years. And this is actually, why am I so excited, inspired by it is, this is our time. This is our time to shine, to prove to the whole world and to each other why we're an extraordinary team, why we're an extraordinary company. And so um, October 9th was obviously stressful. I mean, we, we're, I mean, no one had ever done it here in Singapore, and we did it flawlessly. Uh, I have an extraordinary team I, I, that I serve. I'm, I'm so blessed to be their leader. Um, I, I thank them every day for, for their passion, for the excellence. Um, but, of course, it was very, very stressful for everyone involved. And you know, um, the government wanted to make sure that we were doing everything to, to a world-class standard, the highest safety standards in the world. And so we were constantly spot checked, monitored every step of the way. But at the same time, I was very confident, very, very confident in my team, because again, we've done this all over Asia. Yes, we have new COVID protocols, but again, I tell you that um, I'm blessed uh, to serve uh, as a leader um, to the most phenomenal team in the world. And, and none of this would have happened without my team and without the Singapore government. Now we've reached the halfway point of our podcast. And if you like the Straits Times Game of Two Halves podcast, you can listen live on Money FM 89.3 every Monday, or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. Now we still have with us Chatri Sitchitong, and he's the CEO of Mixed and Martial Arts Organization One Championship. And he's sharing with us about Into the Matrix, a live event that will take place on October 30th. Now we've discussed how Into the Matrix will have fans on the back of a successful spectator-free event two weeks ago. Chatri, can you tell our listeners how else Into the Matrix will be different from an event management side of things? Well, um, you know, when the Ministry of Health contacted us to, to, to um, test their new rapid tests, uh, COVID-19 tests, uh, and, and uh, you know, proposed, suggested the idea of 250 uh, audience members to join the show. It was a curveball because we had not anticipated, we had not planned it. And I want to say this was only two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we, we were asked if we could do this. Mm. And, um, you know, after discussion with my senior leadership team, uh, we thought we could definitely pull it off and, and uh, you know, knock on wood that everything goes uh, smoothly and safely. And we're working very closely with uh, Ministry of Health to see the success of these tests. And, and then hopefully we'll be able to roll it out on a wider scale, not just for one championship, but for Singapore, you know, overall. I mean, I think for me, um, why I'm so uh, grateful is that, you know, the Singapore government has entrusted one championship and myself to, to work hard to help open up the economy. Ultimately, Singapore uh, is a economy that is truly interlinked with all the other global economies. And it is very important, it is vital for Singapore to open up again, for Changi to open up, for tourism to come back, for business travel to come back, um, and, and, and to ignite the, the Singapore economy um, and markets return. But again, 
hats off to the Singapore government. Genuinely, mm-hmm. it's like no other government would able in Asia would able to pull this off. So can you tell us then, just moving on from that, is there any difference in how one manages the athletes in fight week um, and how many are flying in from overseas? Yes. Uh, well, hundreds are flying in from overseas, but, uh, you know, it's the athletes of cornermen and, and, and there's a, 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 a lot of staff, etc. But um, how it's different. Um, the athletes have to be, even if they test negative, have to mm. be locked in, you know, in their rooms during all fight week. And they're only allowed out through an online booking system to train, um, you know, in, in, in downstairs in, the, in, the, in their organized training rooms with social distancing. And so it's, and then on top of it, we have security on every floor and we have a liaison officer for each individual athlete. And um, of course we communicate with athletes, the, the gravity of the, uh, of the situation and the need to follow all rules and regulations. And um, so we have a very close and sharp eye. At the same time, uh, we're still uh, making sure that our athletes are well-fed, well-taken care of, um, energized, and, and ready to go. Um, but the idea is, you know, it's very different. N- normally, in a, in a normal fight week, um, you know, athletes are free to roam around all of Singapore, do whatever they want to do, and, and uh, enjoy the sights and sounds and, and, and tastes of Singapore. Um, but this time they're, they're, they have to be holed up in their room, um, only allowed out for, for their training regimen. Yeah, the, so us, I, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, uh, did, did any of the fighters sort of give you feedback that you know, they were frustrated by hmm. you know, the, that lack of being able to no, move around? No, or no, were they just, no. just grateful yeah. to be back? No, exactly. I think uh, I would say overwhelming uh, feeling uh, from both... Uh, our athletes and my team and myself is gratitude. Gratitude that we have the opportunity to come back to do what we love. Gratitude uh, for this. We understand how precious this is and, and we understand um, how much faith and trust um, the entire Singapore government um, has, has put in one championship and our athletes. And so I think we all understand and working hard together as a team um, and ultimately hope to throw a phenomenal show on October 30th um, for fans all over the world, you know, we, are, we broadcast live to 150 different countries around the world, and, and as we always do. And, uh, but this is our biggest uh, event of the year with four world title fights that are going to be absolutely exciting and, 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 and uh, inspiring. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, everything is different. <laughs> I'll just say that everything is different. Every little detail is different just for event week. I'll give you an example. Media interviews will normally have a, a big media scrum. Uh, but everything's virtual now. We normally have video uh, uh, blogs, you know, of our athletes, you know, during event week. Now they have to film themselves and give us the footage. So, you know, all the little details. It's, I don't think people understand how difficult. It is one of the most difficult things to execute because there's no blueprint. Nobody's ever done this before, right? In all of Asia. And, and here we are leading the charge. So we have, and yet, yet my expectation, my, my, I demand excellence from my team. My expectation is that everything goes flawlessly um, for every event uh, that we throw. Um, and COVID is just one more layer of, of, of excellence that we have to uh, achieve. And my team did it flawlessly on October 9th. And I fully expect uh, my team to deliver on October 30th as well. And so far, knock on wood, everything's going well. We're four days out. Uh, or five days out and, and everything's going, going according to plan. The athletes all arrived last week. 
So with that said, what are you most looking forward to at Into the Matrix? Is there one fight that you're most excited about? Yeah, I mean, I think the most, uh, I mean, what's really crazy about this card is there's four world title fights, but I would say this is the first time in history where both the champions and the challengers all have tremendous finish rates. They either, you know, they come and they knock people out or they submit them. I mean, it's just, it, it rarely happens where both sides are tremendous finishers. They come and they really just either KO people or submit people. And so I think the fans are in for a real, real treat. These are not going to be long, drawn out, boring fights. These are going to be high octane, high adrenaline, very fast. And I, my biggest advice to all fans, get your popcorn ready at home or if you're, in the, you're lucky enough to be in the stadium, um, but don't blink. Don't, do not blink. <laughs> That's my advice. Don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, no, or I, I, I agree. I agree. Don't you think this, the, the finish rate is just yeah. insane on this card? Yeah, and 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 this is this is a, a, an extremely stacked card. You know, I, I I can't really decide which which fight I'm looking most forward to. Yeah. Obviously, there's there's Tiffany and and uh, Tiffany Teo, um, our Singaporean girl, and and uh, Siom Zingnan. You know, it's a rematch from almost three years ago. Uh, you know, Tiffany is looking to be the first Singapore-born world championship, uh, world champion in one uh, championship. Then Christian Lee, of course, who fights under the Singapore flag. I think he's developed so so well in the last couple of years uh, and looked really good in his last couple of fights against you know a couple of really tough opponents. And and lastly, Ongla. I think this is the first time he's actually fighting in Singapore. I, I I'm a bit surprised to find that out. But you know, he's a huge star in his his native Myanmar. He's a top talent, and and you know, it's uh, it's going to be great to be able to see him in the indoor stadium. Well, you know what, there's so much we can talk about in the run-up to fight night. But lastly, Sazali, before we go, over to you for this week's game of two halves moment of the week. Well, yeah, Lewis Hamilton's uh, record-setting 92nd um, F1 race victory is worth noting. But I think because Chatri is here, I think we'll stay with MMA for this week's moment of the week. And uh, it has to be the retirement of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, you know, to see the lightweight great. Um, you know, in tears on his knees after after his win at, at UFC 245 um, and the emotional speech he gave afterward about his late dad. I think it was just a very moving moment and, and it was a great dignified way, uh, you know, for, for you know one of the greats to bow out from the sport. Well, there goes the final whistle on our sports discussion of the week. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Thank you again to our special guest, Chatri Sijiatong, CEO of One Championship, for joining us. And you can follow us on Straits Times Game of Two Halves podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can also catch this episode on Straits Times' YouTube channel later this week. Sazali and Chatri, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Chatri. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.